I'm gonna get cool ant points because when I was at Steak and Shake, I did one of those things where you stick 75 cents in and you get things that are almost like little, little tiny Legos and it makes an aquatic mammal. There were three penguin options, another one, and penguin a narwhal. Penguin is an aquatic mammal. It's a mammal Penguins that are lives... birds. <laughs> are birds mammals? <laughs> no, they're birds. <laughs> what? <laughs> wait, wait, no. Tell me what you think a mammal is, <laughs> and then look it up. No, <laughs> Set of mammals. No, no. What? <laughs> What's the category of birds? What counts as a mammal? What What is a mammal to you? Well, I was thinking like narwhals are similar to dolphins, and I know dolphins are mammals, and narwhals okay. another one. And then I was thinking about how penguins swim in the water, like otters like swim in the mammals. water. <laughs> otters swim in the water, and they're mammals. <laughs> I spelled birds wrong. This week's episode is on Juneau. The town in Alaska. Like like the town in Alaska. Hi, Kristen. Hi. Hi, Hallie. Hello. Are you ready to talk about Juneau? Yeah. No. Okay. Hallie and I will start. <laughs> you can jump <laughs> we in don't need you when anyway. you're ready. Some facts about Juneau. It came out in 2007. It was written by Diablo Cody, based on many of her high school experiences, including dating a boy who loved Tic Tacs, and using a hamburger phone. Diablo is a woman? Diablo Cody. Didn't it, see that coming. It's Did her, not. It's her pen name. I love it. She has a different name. Good for her. But that's her pen name, and it's pretty great. I just really expected a guy with a name like Diablo, yeah. but that's, that's may, weird with me. She was a stripper. It may be her stripper <laughs> name. Okay. Oh. She she. I was reading about her a little bit. And she, um, she got the job writing Juno because she had written a blog and later a book about her experiences as a stripper. Okay. And it was really funny and really popular. So somebody had, I think, optioned the book, but they wanted, and she wanted to write it. So yeah. they were like, oh, send in a writing sample. So she spent like seven weeks at a Starbucks in a Target banging out a writing Good sample, which turned into Juno. Good for her. Which won. That's awesome. The best picture or best screenplay or something it won best screenplay it won something i think screenplay and um ellen page was up for best actress and i think it, there were a couple other awards that i forgot mm-hmm. to write jk simmons was nominated perhaps <laughs> that's cool i didn't know that backstory there you go one point for me it stars ellen page as juno michael Sarah, jennifer garner jason bateman allison jenny and jk simmons of which I knew Michael Sarah because I think everyone somehow knows Michael Sarah, including <laughs> including me. He's just everywhere. 
And I also knew Jason Bateman from The Family Fang, which is not a great movie, but it's... Never heard of it. It's, yeah, yeah, it's not of great. All the things to know Jason Bateman from. I think he directed it, too. Oh. I think it was, like, his first movie directing. But it's based on this really great novel by Kevin Wilson. Oh, also, I, I didn't know J.K. Simmons by name, but I've seen him on Law & Order. Cause... Hmm. He's in the farm and Farmer's Insurance commercials, too. Oh, yeah, he does He's, that. Yeah. Both J.K. Simmons and Jason Bateman did voices in Zootopia. Okay. That is true. Good to know. Yeah. Good to know. So in case you haven't seen it, Juno is the story of Juno McGuff, a 16-year-old girl from Minnesota. She and her best friend, Polly Bleeker, have sex one night, and after taking three different pregnancy tests, Juno realizes that she's pregnant. She goes to a clinic to receive an abortion, but when she's there, she decides she can't go through with it, and with her friend Leah and the local penny saver, they find a wealthy couple looking to adopt a baby. Some punk rock and horror movies later, Juno and the husband, Mark, find a connection, though perhaps not the one either of them thinks the other is after. A broken home, a meditation on love, a friend who will be by your side even in the middle of childbirth, Juno. Seeing it for the first time, I just like the last couple movies, Frozen and Pirates of the Caribbean, which you can check out. I didn't know anything about Juno. The box on the DVD gives like a pretty good job of presenting the basic outline of the movie in the cover. It's just like... Here's Ellen Page. She's pregnant. <laughs> um, there's <laughs> Michael Sarah. <laughs> that's the story. Yeah. So, you know, context clues. I figured it was about teen pregnancy and that here was the couple involved. But I didn't really know anything about any of the rest of the plot. Any of it, it could have gone a lot of different ways than it than it did. At some point when we were watching it, I think I was like, this is such a hipster movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, just, I don't see a lot of movies where people are discussing, like, The Stooges and Sonic Youth and, like, Dario Argento's place in the classical horror canon, which are all things, those are all things that I know about because I'm a hipster. I mean, I knew uh, some of the bands they were talking yeah. about. Not the horror movie stuff. Mm-hmm. I had heard of a few bands and only knew them by name. No songs. Yeah. Don't know the horror stuff. I know nothing. I've listened to Sonic Youth, and I don't like them. <laughs> That's about it. But the other like classic rock stuff that Juno likes, I like. Yeah. But his taste is kind of trash. That's yeah. It was a really funny thing when, when she um, she's like, oh, I went and bought out another Sonic Youth album. It was crap. It was yeah, just noise. It is, though. Like, I, like, I listened to a bunch really of Sonic fun. Youth, and I was like, I can't tell these songs apart. Yeah. Garbage. I've also listened to a lot of Sonic Youth. That's how I felt about Pink Floyd. Yeah, it's not quite not quite the same. I have no clue. <laughs> I haven't listened to Sonic Youth. I just yeah. know that people in middle school were like Pink Floyd, and I'm like, are we moving on from Disney Mania? Is this <laughs> the next step? And I didn't um, like it. My first introduction to like music that people thought was cool was Green Day. I had up to that point only listened to 70s music because there was, at the time in Chicago, there was a station that only played stuff from the 70s okay. and both my parents had it on in the car just all the time. So whenever we got in the car, it was always like sticks and disco and like REO Speedwagon. Sounds great. Like, yeah, it was, yeah. I mean, those were also the songs of my childhood at this point. My um, dad hated disco, so... <laughs> No yeah. 70s music. Was that in like Andrew Lloyd Webber stuff? Because my mom was really big into musicals. So those were the two things that okay. I listened to a lot of. And then 
my friend got, I think it was Dookie. It was one of the Green Day albums. And I was like, what is this? This is totally new. Never heard Did this, you like Green this Day? sound before. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I couldn't tell if you were like, I listened to it because it was the hot new thing and it sucked. Or if that was like, no, it's I was cool. into Counting Crows. Counting Crows was a big thing. My mom saw them in concert. She says they're great. Yeah. I, I That was another thing when I was in like fifth grade, Counting Crows. It just, their first album had come out or whatever. And it was like, this is the this is the new sound. This is the future. This is the new sound. I thought it I thought it was really it was really funny because I think that it's like the perfect sixteen year old reaction to Sonic Youth too. <laughs> when you've never heard it before. Especially like when you're coming from the Stooges and Patti Smith to be given Sonic Youth. Like what is what is this? <laughs> yeah. Also Kimia Dawson, who does who wrote and or performed all the songs in the movie. Um, do you know her at all? No. Yeah, she was. Hallie does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, she well, like I don't like have any of her like I don't personally own any of her music, but yeah. she plays on some of my like Spotify Pandora play oh, uh, sure. stations sometimes. Yeah, yeah, and she was in a band called the Moldy Peaches, which is kind of like an indie folkish group from like the early two thousands. Okay. She's she's a very um, hipster popular person. Good for uh, her. But I like her band name, the Moldy Peaches. Yeah, I'm into it. Pretty good. Anyways, I think. Because of that, at first, I did sort of appreciate Juno and Mark's friendship. Like, when it was still just, like, a friendship Mm -hmm. and didn't, like, become creepy. And I think it was partially because Mark was kind of exactly the sort of person that I was looking for when I was Juno's age. Like, here's this composer who used to be in a punk rock band that opened for the Melvins. And, like, knows about all this underground art and would, like, make me mix CDs of punk stuff I'd never heard. That was, like, a person that I wanted in my life really bad. And had to just sort of troll the internet and find things on my own. Mm-hmm. And then I got to college and like met other people who knew things about that sort of undergroundish, hipsterish music. But when I was in high school, it was just like me by myself <laughs> and my Walkman and whatever stuff I had found. This was even pre Wikipedia ish. It was just, I'd heard of this thing somehow. And it's like, what other bands do you know about? <laughs> Tell me internet. more. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll talk more about Mark later, the bastard. Um, but I wonder how you feel about him. <laughs> Positively? Very, very uh, betrayed. <laughs> but I do think the music references that the movie makes are really sort of important for describing who the two of them are as characters. Mm-hmm. Like, you're a very different sort of outsider if it's 2007, which I assume is when the movie takes place. I've, yeah, I it's it like was, it's contemporary. Least, yeah, yeah. If like it's 2007 and your favorite album is like, Raw Power by Iggy and the Stooges, then if you're like bonding with this guy over prog rock or mm-hmm. musicals or like, you know, if he's really into Sorry. old school hip hop or something, it just um, occurred to me that in 2007 I was only like three years younger than Juno is supposed to be. I don't know. It seemed like it came out when I was younger than that. Sorry, it just it threw me off. Yeah. Carry on. What else? It was also a lot sadder than I thought it would be. God, you were Juno's age. That was Juno's age. That's weird. <laughs> exact age. I don't like that. Mm, too bad. Mm. Did you see it when it came out? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Were you like, hey, that's my age. I don't think I made that connection. <laughs> Maybe I did. I don't know. Because like a lot of people used the opportunity to be like, don't let that happen to you. She's your age. But I think I blocked it all out because they were boring me. There was a time, like right around the movie came out, where there were a bunch of teen pregnancies that got mm-hmm. blamed on the movie. 
they were like, oh, kids are just going to go see it now and think that it's a really glamorous to Yeah, because Juno makes it look so glamorous. So that was a thing. That's when... That was right around when um, Bristol Palin got pregnant. Oh, yeah. And they were like, okay. Juno in Juno. Oh, I remember that now, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but I never associated myself with her for whatever reason. Um, yeah, sadder. It was a lot sadder than I thought it would be. I guess, or, like, maybe not, because, like, I kind of expected it to be sad, just because, like, movies about teenagers making decisions that mess up their life in some way always make me kind of sad. Mm-hmm. But, like, like, I don't read blurbs on the dvd box ever but sometimes there'll be a quote that'll jump out at me and it'll be like it's full of uncontrollable laughter or whatever it's like that's not my that's experience not accurate. like it's humorous it's but i wouldn't humorous. call it a comedy i mean yeah. i mean maybe a subgenre comedy like i wouldn't put comedy as like it's number one thing but i think it's you could call comedic. it a dramedy i think i guess like comedy could be part of its description but i also I'm, don't think I mean, yes, it is sad, but I feel like one of the first things you said, you're like, this is very much more sad than I thought it would be. And I was like, I mean, it's like, it's kind of sad. They're disappointing moments, but I don't think of it as like a sad movie. Yeah. I mean, it's not... By Shakespearean terms, and I hate that I say this because I don't like Shakespeare, it would be considered a comedy. It's true. It's not a tragedy. So, ha None of them are dead by the end of it. Everything, we know of everything works out when's the last time we see mark it's true but would anyone call that a tragedy nope yeah i get i get the sad feeling because it's not necessarily that like tragedy befalls anyone but there's an air of like heavy decisions and changing lives so like oh no what is her name jennifer garner vanessa 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 gets what she wants she gets a baby and it's technically happy but i feel like that mixture of happy sad when I look at her holding the baby, and, like, I just feel so sad for her in the beginning, like, having seen it now when I watch it, and she's, like, preparing, and Juno comes in, and, and she's like, I found you in the penny saver, and she's like, penny savers? yeah, like, that kind of stuff, and then when she's at the mall, and she's feeling Juno's stomach. Well, even then, I feel like it's sad in the beginning, because she wants a baby and doesn't have one, and all these people keep backing out, and she has a lame husband. And all these other things. But I feel like at the end, she gets the baby and she's ditched her lame husband. So I'm like, no, good for you, Vanessa. Living your best life. Happy, but it feels heavy. Like, it's a happy that makes me tear up. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Okay. I wouldn't say tear up, but when you said heavy, I'm like, yeah, I can go with heavy, happy. But not like happy as in very happy. Just heavy as in like, it's a heavy happy. That's all yeah. it is. Yeah. I hate that I'm always like, why are these people together? But, like, <laughs> why are Mark and Vanessa together? Well, I can imagine it was one of those, like, college things. Like, they probably got together in college, and she probably was like, oh, he's like a cool punk rocker, and he can, like, do stuff with his music. I don't, what does Vanessa do? What is her job? Do we know? We do not. I assume it is something important, because she wears heels and nice <laughs> clothes. Good they have Vanessa. a really nice house. Yeah. yeah. And they can't Well, he said Mark. that the thing paid for their kitchen. Yeah. That one jingle. So what? But, um, but I got the impression Vanessa would be perfectly more, fine on her own yeah. if yeah. Mark wasn't. Like, they could but both like, self-sustain. Yeah. But I could imagine she was like, oh, I'm studying this. And it was almost sort of like, oh, we're having fun. And she assumed Mark would grow up and become more serious. And 
Not that there's anything wrong with like still wanting to pursue your band and everything. I just think they were on a very different page. And maybe they started out on the same page or different pages, but they assumed they'd merge onto the same one. I don't know. It kind of feels like something that it felt like more work to break up than to get married. Yeah. Is my impression of it. They were already together. They have all those pictures of themselves in white clothes on their stairwell. Which Jason Bateman cannot pull off. Cannot pull off. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's just... The one thing that we know for certain that, like, the only thing Vanessa wants in life is to be a mother, Mm -hmm. and Mark doesn't want kids. It seems like, you're both my friends. I don't know you that well. I know how both of you feel about children. (laughs) Perhaps. Feels like maybe he thought he wanted kids when Vanessa started wanting kids, and then realized throughout the journey that maybe he doesn't and then was too much of a coward to say so. Yeah. Like, I feel like he maybe got swept up on it and... I feel like it could probably be one of those things where he doesn't, like, feel ready and everyone's always like, oh, you never feel ready for your first kid. So he probably was like, okay. Yeah, that's probably what it is. And then as more people were backing out, he probably just kept feeling more and more relief and was like, oh, no, it's not that I'm just, like, general nerves about being a dad. It's that I don't want this, at least not right now. It's not that I want to give Mark the benefit of the doubt by saying maybe he was interested at some point. It's that he feels like like he was still going along with it at that late stage. Yeah. When you he, know you don't want one, like, yeah, dude, and say like, something. He was sabotaging it by putting the ad in the penny saver yeah, instead of the yeah. papers that Vanessa wanted him to. So he just is the kind of personality that isn't going to say this like life-altering thing. Yeah. He's just going to keep coasting as long as he can until... Yeah. And yeah. then when one bad thing happens, he'll be like, it feels like bad timing. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, you literally caused that bad timing. I think it's you too early garbage to paint person. the nursery. Yeah. I couldn't tell for certain, but it felt like... Watching it again for the second time, there was this part where when Juno brings over the ultrasound pictures and Vanessa, they, they were talking about the baby shower and Vanessa's like, well, I don't know if we'll have a baby shower because like their friends aren't sure how to feel about it yet. In the mm-hmm. past, there were some cold feet mm-hmm. and like she gives, she and Mark exchange a look. Mm-hmm. The first time I was just like, oh, that seems like, you know, that's rough that there was a somebody who was going to give you their baby yeah. and that's rough. But the second time through, I was like, it seemed to imply that maybe Mark was the one that had cold feet even the first time or like in the past when they did it. That could be. I didn't pick up on that, but the one thing I did notice just before then, I think, or maybe like as Juno left, is that Mark and Vanessa gave each other like a look and it didn't seem like a happy one. Like you'd think it'd be like, oh my God, she brought over the ultrasound. This is our child. And maybe they're still like feeling nervous about it, but... I don't know. So I didn't pick up on that, but in that same scene, I noticed that like when they gave each other a look after she left, it was just sort of furrowed brows. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I've always joyful interpreted that as Vanessa thinking it was weird they were alone in the house together. Oh, that makes sense. Which she's not wrong about. No. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Mark a little bit then. Yes. <laughs> let's pick him apart. <laughs> he seems like thematically douchebag. Yeah, there's a there's a type of guy that just like won't grow up, and he's definitely he's keeping all of like all of his stuff is in boxes or in the one little room that Vanessa's yeah. like, okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> you can have this one little room yeah. for your stuff. He's still wearing like band t-shirts with long sleeve t-shirts under them, which yeah. I don't. Yeah. I think by 2007 that was no longer a thing. I, <laughs> like, don't I was trying think to remember so. when I was in high school. I was definitely wearing t-shirts with t-shirts under them. <laughs> I mean, 
that was an acceptable I'm thing so, to do. It's not exactly out. Maybe not on men Mark's age. Yeah, I think... Well, because I was going to say, I think it maybe still was because, like, Freddie wore that on iCarly, but also that was Freddie on iCarly, who's supposed to be, like, 13 or 14, <laughs> not established adult Mark, who's, like... I don't know how old they're supposed to be. I don't want to say thirties. I think. Okay. Mid thirties, maybe a little bit late thirties if they've been trying. I was thinking like mid thirties. Then I was like, oh god, what if they're like young people? What if they're like my age? And then that was scary for a minute. And I feel a little bit bad picking on his band T-shirts because like I still have a lot of like graphic tees that Mm -hmm. I like, and I wear like old shirts from high school when I'm home alone. And he was at home, so like. Yeah. But it's just He's one allowed. of those, like, you only ever saw him in those. It's true. It'd be yeah. different, because everyone has, like, the old shirts that they Yeah, and the shirts with, to, like, the movies or the music they like yeah. on them. But he just seemed stuck in that frame of mind. I think the only time. time we didn't see him wearing it was the first time right. they met when they, mm-hmm. like, were wearing the yeah, nice blue impressions. Yeah. And at some point, Vanessa's wearing an Alice in Chains shirt, which... Could be hers, but I assumed it looked like a shirt that she had stolen from Mark. Was that when they were painting? When they were painting, yeah, because yeah, yeah. it's a painting shirt, yeah. <laughs> and that's that's where you what? wear your old yeah. band T-shirts is when you're painting your nursery. Yeah, but there's just there's so many of those little things about him. Like he hasn't, he's still holding on to like the rock star dream. He seemed like generally offended when Juno was like, "Oh, so you've sold out, haven't you, Mark?" Yeah. yeah. Um, goes and sneaks away to like jam with Juno while the lawyer is downstairs. Yeah, that's so And weird Vanessa like has to, to like come up and get them and be like, you know, we've got yeah. we've got some stuff to do. Yeah, like it's different to tell Juno who is sixteen and yeah. probably just legitimately got distracted. Shouldn't have to tell your husband not to be jamming with mm-hmm. the youth while the yeah. lawyer's there. And Juno's dead. Yeah. It seems like such a cliche, but it also felt really true that like you know, the guy who isn't ready for fatherhood, he's like, oh, I've still got so much I want to do mm-hmm. before I settle down and become a dad. And he felt like exactly that kind of person. Yeah. Also, I'm like, you've already settled down, dude. <laughs> it's interesting that you had said he was the kind of adult you wanted at Juno's age, mm-hmm. because he is, because he's like, that's how I felt about him the first time I watched. I was like, wow, he's so cool. He takes yeah. Juno seriously. He takes her interest seriously. He like mm. he likes the same thing she likes. Engages with her at level. On her An adult thing. who is into the same things that yeah. I am. You know, like that kind of a kind of a vibe. So yeah, he seems cool at the beginning. Yeah. And they code a very specific line where Juno's like, wow, Vanessa gives you a whole room for your stuff, mm-hmm. as like your wife is keeping a leash on you yeah. and not letting you explore your art and the things yeah. that you want. Mm-hmm. Although later in the movie, it comes obvious that that's basically all that he does. Because yeah. he has a line about how Vanessa, when Vanessa gets home, he's like, I better not, she better not catch me watching this movie because yeah. mm-hmm. I have to yeah. contribute. So like, it becomes clear that giving him a room was actually a major concession on Vanessa's, on Vanessa's part, probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just makes me really mad because... Vanessa just seems like she works so much harder than he does and takes everything so much seriously and he gets a pass because he's a man. Yeah. 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 It happens a lot. One of my favorite lines, though, is when Vanessa's like, that shirt is stupid. <laughs> yeah. And then also when he's like, I've got, I got a loft in the city and she's like, well, aren't you the cool guy? Like, that's, it's, yeah. just, it's just, it's an insult and he doesn't see it as an insult because he's 
dumb thing. He probably is just like, yeah, it is pretty cool. Yeah. Thanks, Vanessa. Yeah. Glad this divorce is happy. Yeah. Yeah. But he just, he just... Mm. Mm. And the creepiest <laughs> thing, too, was like, he definitely thought that Juno was going to be into it. Because he said, yeah. I thought you would be happy about this. Yeah. And then at some point when she's like, what do you mean you're breaking up with Vanessa? But you can't do that. And he's sitting there and he's like, you're so young. Like, he, it's like, just knowing he that he, de- like, not even just that they have this bond that they shouldn't have because of their age difference and everything. And he, it still would be bad, but it'd be different if he was like, it just, it happened, whatever. But you know that he was like planning for this and he was like, I thought you'd be happy. And yeah. I'm like, no, that's where it gets super mega creepy because you were fully planning on being like, why don't you come over sometime? The 35 year old to the 16 year old. No. In the prom scene where like she puts her arms on him and then he grabs her hands and that's his opportunity to be like, no. And he just relocates them. Like, stop it. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. It is definitely weird. And I, I was sort of, I was trying to figure out if Juno had feelings for him too, but... I think she sort of did. Like, before she got in the car, she like put on yeah her lip color. Yeah. So I think... She felt something, but I think she was also upset that Bleaker, because that was she would just talk was, to him yeah, or something. It was right after yeah, she so had I think it was a multitude of things. I think she liked that she was bonding with Mark, and then took that bond and getting along, and him like taking her seriously and everything. Yeah. yeah. In addition to her being upset with Bleaker about all these other things, and was like, "Yeah, well, I'm gonna go hang out with Mark now," and. Even if she did sort of, like, she seemed genuinely upset when he found out that she was, or he was going to break up with Vanessa. Yeah. So I think, if anything, she probably was just like, oh, cool, fun, older guy, and thought that, Mm -hmm. like, full stop. That was the end of it. I don't think Juno knew what she felt for Mark. I don't think she was 100% certain. She knew that she liked him because he was cool and into her stuff. And I think Mm -hmm. maybe there was kind of a puppy crush behind, but I don't think she ever had sexual intentions. No. Yeah. Like, maybe light flirtation, because she's 16 and doesn't know yeah. boundaries. They established yeah. that when her stepmom is like, you can't just go to a married man's house. Yeah. So I, I don't think she no. was going in with a full... If anything, there was, yeah, like a puppy process. crush, admiration. I want to put on this lip color and just look cute in he, general, he, but that's like... Yeah. Pays attention to it, yeah. like it doesn't, like what you said. Yeah. I mean, I mean she she is like a... She's she 16. did some things yeah like she's i don't want to say culpable because she's 16 mm-hmm. she doesn't know what she's doing yeah. he's but he should have culpable one but he definitely should have known when she called him at school in the middle of the day and was like i just wanted to talk to you yeah that's when he the adult should have been like no you can't just pop in whenever you want to mm-hmm. anymore it's right. weird now like he should have taken that as the signal of this is weird and bad Instead, I think he took that as his, like, ha-ha, I might have a shot. So, ugh. Well, I guess sort of related. Do you think that she saw at the beginning when she first met Mark and Vanessa? Or do you think she was looking for people that she wished were or, like, had been her own parents? She has that line later where she's talking with her dad. She says, I need to know that two people can stay together. Mm -hmm. And that 
it feels like an honest line, like not like it's out of place, but it does kind of come out of it's not a thought that she's expressed before mm-hmm. about two people staying together. And it's not she doesn't exactly have an absence of stable relationships because mm-hmm. her stepmom has been with her dad for like ten years. Yeah. yeah. Like a long a long time and they've been yeah. they've been mm-hmm. happy. Although she seems to it's not not quite harbor resentment, but like she throws up in her stepmom's urn, like she yeah. enjoys pushing limits, it yeah. seems, mm-hmm. still even though they've been a stable mm-hmm. relationship. Yeah. And I know that she's sad about Bleeker, but I don't think she had any boyfriends or romantic interests before him. I don't get that impression. I don't get that impression. So it's a really interesting thing for her to care about because it's not necessarily... Well, it's like, obviously, her parents are split, and I think maybe just deep down she probably was like, it would be nice, like... Even though, yeah, she gets along with Brenda and she has her half-sister out of it, I think maybe she probably still was like, it would have been nice if my parents stayed together and it wasn't just that my mom sent me a cactus once every, mm-hmm. what was it, like Valentine's Day or something? Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe she tried to find those people who were like, picture-perfect and happy and looked like they could stay together and not just one of them abandons their child. Well, they were definitely idyllic. She was looking for an idyllic couple. Yeah. Even when she had her own very specific qualifications. Yeah. Um, like, what was it, like, cool rocker with a hip Asian girlfriend? Yeah. Yeah. Even when she had her qualifications. She was looking for an idyllic, stable couple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She does at one point say that, I want things to be perfect. I don't want them to be shitty and broken like everyone else's family. But I guess I wasn't sure how much of it was just, like, the perfection was just, li- like, they would stay together. Or if mm-hmm. it was specifically, like... Mark and Vanessa, like, oh, like, Vanessa's a really sweet and caring mom figure. Like, when she sees her at the mall, Mm -hmm. she would be really great with the baby. And then Mark is also, like, cool dad. But she had had decided on them before she saw that side of them, is the thing. So she didn't... it's true. I mean, she said after their first meeting, like, I like you guys. Yeah, we're going to go through with this. So I think she got good vibes. Although I get the impression that she doesn't, like... Vanessa that much at the beginning because all of our attention yeah. is focused on Mark and she has the yeah. comment about Vanessa lets you have a room and Mark is weird about Vanessa coming home and finding them together yeah. and she doesn't mm-hmm. understand why that would be a thing. And again, I think that also doesn't help frame Vanessa positively yeah, I in think... her mind if Mark is like, oh, Vanessa's gonna get mad at me if I'm doing this and she probably is sitting there like, what, you can't watch movies? Yeah, I think that poisoned Vanessa but a I think bit definitely when she saw Vanessa in the mall mm. I think that changed it mm. and she was like no I can tell Vanessa is a good parent also she probably is 16 and is like people can just stay together and it's fine and she thinks that again they can just like make it work like she even said that to Mark like just, mm-hmm. just stay together it's, it'll be good when the baby comes it's fine mm-hmm. and I don't remember where I was going with that but I had a point it's gone great <laughs> Have you ever contributed anything? Yeah. How, um... Oh, I was just thinking of something else, and then I forgot, too. Yeah. Yell at him, too. Again, have you ever contributed anything? I don't know why, but I was like, he's definitely thinking about her friend Leah in this context. <laughs> <laughs> she has not come up. She has not come up. That's true. I liked her. I found Leah very weird. interesting. She's kind of weird, but she was, like, very supportive. No, she was very supportive. And she was very, like, present and, yeah. like, useful, you know, without being yeah. too overbearing. Like, she didn't hound Juno about things. Yeah. She just asked about them. And if Juno didn't want to answer, she would let it go. Mm-hmm. 
I get I I find her very interesting. I don't also I, you can tell they got like a good friendship if Juno's gonna let Leah be yeah. in the delivery room. Yeah, she's there for everything. Mm-hmm. Like the ultrasound and yeah. when she's Which telling really her parents like that. that she's pregnant. Yeah. She's just there all the time. I like that. They have like a good solid friendship. Diablo Cody's high school best friend, also a cheerleader. Oh, interesting. Was her name Leah? I don't know. My high school best friend was named Leah, though. That's weird. A little bit weird. She has a thing for Keith, the math (laughs) teacher, and it freaks me out every time. I'm just like, Leah, why? Like, (laughs) it just makes me super uncomfortable, but I respect that they gave her this not good character trait and just let it happen. Like, that's not a storyline, exactly. It's just something that comes up a couple of times and that Juno doesn't approve of but doesn't try to stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, just, I think that's a really interesting choice is all. I it think. also seemed like interesting because of the age gap between Mark and Juno and how that is inappropriate mm-hmm. and it definitely is that way. I don't necessarily see Leah having a thing for teenagers or for teenagers for teachers <laughs> as inappropriate. <laughs> like it's weird, yeah, but I just think of, like, the number of kids at Geneva who talked about, like, Mr. Ketter. I, I thought, I do, I had Mr. Ketter, but Mr. Whitman was the one that we all... Ketter, Whitman, Showalter, yeah. they were like, and then that one attractive substitute teacher. Is last name with a W? I don't know, it seems more like... I don't know. Because when he was subbing... Everyone knew it would be before first period, and they'd be like, "If you have Kaiser today, you've got the hot sub." My friend called them Quiznos, and <laughs> so it seemed more like that to me. Mm-hmm. But that's like that's like a collective. This character is objective. This person is objectively attractive, and Leah had a thing for Keith, the math teacher, who was like Keith was probably nice. Forty. It's weird. And... I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying. Okay. It seemed more innocent, just like no, yeah, I'm not. Like, are weird crushes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it's like yeah. nothing ever came of it, and it's whatever. Yeah. I just think it's an interesting choice, but it just it just makes me like more uncomfortable every time I watch it. <laughs> I don't like it. Yeah, he's all beardy. Yeah, he's all beardy, <laughs> and like I don't know, he does. He's I don't get a good vibe from him. We never from, hear him. I was speak. gonna say we don't hear him. We see him like standing him. in the hallway. Talking to Leah and that's But, it. like, when they're talking, she's like, oh, my God, me too. And it's, like, clearly a flirtatious way of talking. And I'm like, Leah, please. Please stop. You're going to look back on this in five years and want to die. They're talking about Woody Allen, too. It's just... Oh, that's what, oh, yeah. She's like, I love Woody Allen. Oh, yeah. 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 Which also doesn't that fit into the hipster vibe as well. It does. But also Woody Allen is, like... Do you know much about Woody Allen? Don't a lot of people not like him because he's creepy? It, it wasn't like his stepdaughter. Yes. He married he's, his stepdaughter. Yeah, that's yeah. weird. Yeah. Is he the one who did Midnight in Paris? That's why I felt bad watching yeah. him. Yeah. 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 I that's have to convince I've... a lot of people to watch Midnight in Paris because I really like that movie, but I'm like, I know it's Woody Allen. <laughs> Ignore this just this one that's time. Why I've never just actually this one watched movie. a Woody Allen movie. You've never watched a Woody Allen movie? Mm-hmm. I. I mean, I'm judging basically only on Midnight in Paris, but I really like Midnight in Paris. Midnight in Paris is really good. Good good at his job. Yeah, I think I like his aesthetic. That's also the worst when they're like weird and creepy and bad and then they're good at their job. Yeah, a lot of people that are good at their jobs, 
aren't creeps. Why can't he be one of them? There's only so much time in the world, you know? Mm. Watch movies by not creeps. Yeah. I don't know, but I feel like Woody Baby. Allen definitely has like a cult following. For sure. Definitely. All I know is Midnight in Paris and Mary his stepdaughter. <laughs> Those are the two facts you need to know about Woody That's Allen. That's all. That is all. <laughs> so something that I found interesting while I was doing research is that a lot of people feel like it's a pro-life movie because, you know, obviously she goes through right. and has the baby yeah. and doesn't get an abortion. There were two Hadley Freeman of The Guardian noted that it came after Knocked Up and Waitress, which are two movies I also haven't seen, but are also apparently mm-hmm. involve. Mm-hmm. Do you, are you familiar with? I have not seen either of them. I've seen parts of Knocked Up. Okay. I know generally about Waitress because I follow Sarah Bareilles on Twitter, and she did the music for the musical. Okay. There you go. That's my Waitress knowledge. Yeah, but also two other movies about unwanted or unexpected pregnancies. And the critic from The Guardian says that it completes a hat-trick of American comedies that present abortion as unreasonable or even unthinkable, a telling social sign. And somebody writing for The New York Times, A.O. Scott, writes that Juno has a message that is not anti-abortion, but rather pro-adulthood, which, what does that mean? I don't think mean? it's either of those. I think truly, she, like, it's just because, oh, what was her friend's, not the friend, but her classmate who was standing outside. Suchin? Suchin, yeah. I really think Juno, like, that was her first thing. Her first thought was like, yeah, I'll probably go to women now, you know, because they help women now. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's going to go there. Abortion is unthinkable because she tries to do it. Yeah, that was like her first thing. Uh And I think she probably, granted, there could have been some other thing that could come up that made would have made Juno not go through with it, but I think it was just because Suchin mentioned the fingernails. And then she just, like, focused on that and was like, oh, okay, no, can't do it. But it didn't seem like an aggressive, like, I cannot have an abortion. Like, she went there to do that. Right. It just seemed more like one of those, like, yeah, that's an option for people. But sometimes when you're put in that situation, you're like, not quite for me. I mean, the the second reviewer, A.O. Scott, is clearly searching for, like, a way to have an opinion without having an opinion. Yeah. He's, that meant nothing. But I could see why some people would take it as a pro- Life, I although see it, but I, I, I would advertise it as pro-choice because she makes two different choices. Technically, she's mm-hmm. doing abortion first, and then she changes her mind. Yeah. and a woman has a right to change her mind even if yeah. she's committed. So I, I would see it as pro-choice. I'd see it as pro-choice. Even, yeah, yeah. Ellen Page, for her part, also thinks it's absurd that people call the movie pro-life as quote the most important thing is that the choice is there, and the film completely demonstrates that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Diablo Cody, also a pro-choice individual. Yeah, yeah I, I thought it was movie. I thought it was interesting though that somebody else, and I didn't write this quote down, but somebody else had said that it's sort of it does sort of act as a mirror, and like if you are yourself pro-life, that you can find that message in that movie. Mm-hmm. And if you're pro-choice, then obviously you can see that in there too. I mean, yeah, I could, like I could see a pro a pro-life being like yeah, because I this reiterate she my... went in and she couldn't do it because they have fingernails. Right. She was always going to keep the baby, and I'm like, she wasn't always going to keep the baby. Brenda's a rather religious person. She talks often about the baby being like a miracle from God for this other couple, and you know, there's some there's some of that in there too. But even then, 
wasn't Brenda the one who asked if she was going to have go you, to the clinic? She, yeah, she was she like, have you considered? And then Juno was like, yeah, no. So even then... Yeah, Brenda didn't seem like... Brenda, the person who was probably the most religious person in the movie, was mm. still like, this is an option for you. Mm. Have right. you considered it? And then when Juno said no, I also like that she didn't she try didn't to fight that. She, she was just like, okay, well, we're going to get you some vitamins. Was... We're going to make you healthy. Good yeah. to go. Yeah. I was, I was really sort of curious about Juno's home life. I like both the characters of her parents, her mm. dad especially. But I was also like... There, there kept being things that I was like, especially the second time through where I was paying a little bit more attention, I was a little bit worried about her. <laughs> like, when she's going to tell, like, there's that, mostly from that scene where she's going to tell the preg- her parents that she's pregnant, and Bren assumes she's been expelled, and her dad assumes she needs some sort of legal help or got, like, a DWI, <laughs> and Juno's just like, I just don't want anyone to hit me. I was like, is that a thing you're really afraid of? That, like, they're going to... I don't get that impression because Juno can be a little over the top sometimes. Juno's a bit dramatic. Yeah, right. Juno's a bit dramatic. So that that feels like, like, oh, my parents are going to kill me. Like, of yeah. course they're not yeah. going to kill you, but you mean they will be very angry. So I think... Right. Yeah, I think if I was in that same situation, I might be like, no one no one hit me. Just don't don't be upset with me. Not that my parents have ever hit me or would ever do that. Just, but I think it's just I'd something like, that you say. Listen, I'm stressed out in this situation right now. Everyone just to remain calm and don't make me suffer i think the worst that i got the impression that the worst juno would have gone under at home is maybe lack of attention because the um yeah the stepmom seems very focused on lb and dogs yeah dogs just <laughs> pictures well, of i think dogs. they also just know that juno is kind of a little weirdo well i mean they also mentioned that juno herself what drug did she take too much of she took Some too behavioral much behavioral matter yeah yeah and then Jumped into a fountain. Yeah, I am a Kraken. I don't think it's it's like a like abandonment. Not paying attention to you. I think think just sometimes she slips under the radar, and they think Juno can handle herself because she's sixteen, and then she doesn't really get the like. Well, her dad even said like, "I just thought she was smarter than this," or I think he said that to her like, "I just thought you were smarter than this." Mm -hmm. So it's not like they're like typical Juno weren't thinking things through. I think it's just Juno probably had them concerned, and they're mm. like, "Oh God, oh God, what's wrong?" <laughs> yeah, because once she, I mean, once you're right, once she does tell them, like, mm-hmm. Bren's like, "Let's get you healthy," and the dad immediately is like, "We're gonna go meet the couple yeah. together," and like, yeah. The worst thing he says is, "I thought you were this kind of girl," which is yeah. such a patriarchal right. sentence. Like, what? Yeah, shut up, dad. But like, I don't think it comes from a genuine place of hurt. No. I think it comes from. A place of shock mm-hmm. and a place of patriarchy. Yeah. Because it's bad. <laughs> There's always a little bit of patriarchy. There's always a little bit of patriarchy. But I really yeah. like when he's like, how did this happen? And Brandon's just like, I think teenagers get bored and they have sex. Yeah. Like, fi- someone just finally said it. And right? I was like, thank God, Brenda. Like, that is I all that this is. She's great. I remember the yeah. first time I saw it, I thought she was kind of weird and a little bit overbearing. Overbearing, like, really? Not overbearing, but like... I don't really know what word I'm looking for. Overbearing was not the right one, but... She's mean to the ultrasound tech. She, maybe, she is, like, maybe unnecessarily just, like, intense mean. was more she of the like thing. an intense person. Like, she wasn't wrong when Juno came home to say, hey, you can't just go to this married man's mm-hmm. house, but it seemed... Again, I was younger when I saw it, and I was like, Mark is cool. They're just hanging out. It's fine. And so I was like, God, Brenda, calm down. She's very sure of herself. 
I love You her. know, she didn't deliver it like, are you sure you should be doing this? I don't think yeah. it's a good idea. It was, no, you don't can't do, do that. that. And then to the ultrasound tech, it wasn't just, that was a rude thing to say. Yeah. It was like, I'm going to just ream you out because you said yeah. one mean thing. It's, She's intense. Yeah. yeah. But I respect that. I respect that. I feel like I want to talk about Bleecker because we didn't Yeah, we haven't touched on Bleecker. I also don't know what to say about Bleecker other than I like him. Bleecker's just kind of there is the thing. Like, I like him. I think he isn't there in the sense that you could remove him and the movie would be, like, the same. Like, yeah. he's not... He's just... He just... Bleecker, like Juno with Mark, I think doesn't know what he wants in any given moment. I think he wants Juno. He wants Juno, but, like, I don't know that he was capable of coming to terms with that without Juno being like, you want me at the end. No, I think he came to terms with it. He mentioned to her, he's like, we could get back together. And she was like, were we together? Like, he made it clear he wanted to be with Juno, but also like a 16-year-old dummy. I, I feel like Juno was testing him and he failed the test. How do you mean? Juno was like, were we together? In the sense that she wanted confirmation that the sex wasn't just her idea. And that it was reciprocated. Mm-hmm. And he didn't respond positively enough for her to feel that she was wanted. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, that's why she was like, you know, you could ask Katrina Soup Girl to the prom. Soup Girl. Like, I think he, she wanted him to come back with, no, I want to ask you because I want to be with you, even though you're pregnant and we're in this mess and I haven't been around really because Trek. And I, and I don't think he responded with that. In a way that made her feel like she could move forward with expressing her feelings. I don't think she could move forward with expressing her feelings because she didn't know what she felt. I think Juno's just like, yeah, maybe I sort of like him. This Mark guy's fun. I'm pregnant. Things are weird it right now. It feels like... As a person who is Juno frequently, who <laughs> doesn't know what she wants <laughs> well, in life, I regular, I was just like, yeah, sounds I, right. I don't think she knew what she wanted with Mark. I think she's always known that she wanted Bleaker, but didn't want to put it into words. Even to herself. Because Leah all the time was like, you love Bleaker. Yeah, and she's, she's like, like ah, ah, Which is like what you say when, when you definitely, you definitely like do. someone. And you're like, no, it's fine. And so I feel like she was searching for an opening. Because the movie makes it pretty clear that it was her idea. Like Bleaker it's, went along we with it. We both know it wasn't his idea. Yes. Like Bleaker was willing. But Juno was one who, who, es- who escalated things. And I think because she did that, she was waiting for him to reciprocate by escalating their relationship and I don't think that he did until I think it's the end. For once you're not completely wrong. I think there's there are I think points I'm completely there. right. But I think it also is Juno doesn't know what she wants. So I think even if Bleaker had been like, I would like to date you Full I stop. I carry on. I think she... Juno would also be like because I mean again, he was like, we could get back together. That is essentially saying we could date and she was like there's that Katrina girl you could be with. Because I think she just didn't know. I think she knew deep down that she wanted Bleaker, like you said. But I don't think... I think she was really afraid and just shot herself in the foot there. But I, I, I think she's always been... Not testing Bleaker, because that sounds very negative. But, like, putting her feet in the water to see if he would... That's fair. If he that would sounds about right. I, I think, yeah. I think there were... Testing doesn't sound quite right, but there were a number of times where, like... Giving him opportunities? Yeah. Just waiting to see how he would handle it? Yeah. Like, at the very beginning, where she gets the chair together and puts it on Mm -hmm. his lawn, and is like, I'm pregnant, and he's just kind of like, well, what should we do about that? 
and she says like you know I think I'm just gonna nip it in the bud and he's like yeah that sounds fine and then she's like kind of upset with him I felt like that was another of those things that like maybe she's testing him or like she, she wants to see what he's going to say yeah she wants him but I, I don't know that she necessarily knows what it is she wants him to say but that wasn't it <laughs> no yeah. no because I don't think, she wa- I don't think she'd want him to say no let's keep the child and raise this together I don't think she's looking for that right. but I can no. see her being like wishing that he had had more of an active response Wait. like okay like that's all you gotta what say what should we do this is a big deal more than just like yeah okay right. that's cool and that, that just feels like it, bleaker the whole time like responding a line below what he should to things and that's fine that's who he is as a person that's his yeah. personality he's just chill and they bet Juno thinks he's the coolest person ever because he doesn't try. And he's like, I try really hard, actually. And I can see that. I can see him, like, measuring his responses. Like, maybe he wants to respond with something else, but is like, no, that wouldn't be cool. Let's dial back the feelings a little bit. He, he's, yeah. There's definitely a pause before he says, like, anything where yeah. he's clearly, like... I think Bleaker is probably... What? We're seeing, like, a fraction of true Bleaker. Yes, like, but because I love he that constantly about is just like, don't mess this up. Good bleaker. I like him. I it's too like, love orange Tic Tacs, so it's the best Tic Tac flavor. I'm pretty good. Tic Tacs are his only vice. Yeah. Which I really like as a, I don't know what the right literary term is, but right after she talks to her dad about finding someone, and he says, whoever you find is going to think the sun shines out your ass on a bad day, or whatever yeah. the exact line is. And about accepting you for who you are, and then she fills his own his mailbox with his only vice, the Tic Tacs. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really nice tie-in symmetry metaphor. I think it's a really nice tie-in symmetry metaphor. Yeah. Tie-in yeah. symmetry metaphor. Mm-hmm. Yes. Tie-in symmetry metaphor. <laughs> I also liked Bleaker as a character. I felt I felt a connection with Bleaker. <laughs> <laughs> Do you also have shorts that are especially yellow? Golden. Know. She says golden. Yeah. I don't. I have some pretty orange shorts, though. It's not the same. It's not the same. Not the same. He's very supportive. He's steady, mm-hmm. for He's sure. Very supportive, and the I moment also... he sorry. No, I also I also felt that he doesn't seem exceptionally cool. He seems. He's got a race car bed, so yeah, <laughs> the That's coolest, the coolest. But when like, that line when Juno says like oh you seem so cool it's, it's like without even trying it's like mm-hmm. I tried really hard I felt that so much <laughs> 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 I try so hard and I'm really not that cool but thanks for noticing <laughs> yeah I just like that as soon as he realized Juno wasn't there he was like oh it's happening and then he he just ran Without I mean granted he like does track he so that's what he action. does but he like, just immediately was like be with Juno finally. and then he just went yeah. yeah and then they were happy like he happy. he finally took the decisive action and then they could be together yeah you think he should have been there more for her I think I was I, was I think only... he should have been there more for her but I also think Juno was not like he, she said she had the ultrasound or whatever, and he's like, "Oh, should I, should I go to that with you? Should we do that?" And she's like, "That's fine." Like I think, you could argue that he should have been like, "No, I want to be there with you and do this," but I think Juno also probably would have been like, "No." Juno was holding him at arm's length, yeah, for sure, 
on all of that. I think part of that, because I do firmly believe that she's loved Bleecker the whole time and, and was like trying to gauge his interest levels. <laughs> like I firmly believe that she wanted to make sure they weren't together because of the baby. I think she worried that he would want to get more involved because she was pregnant and he'd probably feel bad and all that. And I think that is part of why she was sort of like, were we together? To make sure, like the way that it came out when she said it was like, it would make Bleeker feel embarrassed. Like, oh, I guess we weren't. But I think she meant it. Like, would you be with me? If this this hadn't happened, would we be a thing right now? Like if this complication after sex hadn't happened. To be together for the child. Yeah, and I didn't know she's getting... Not, necessarily, not necessarily to raise the child, yeah. but because of he her condition. He feels like he should, not because he yeah. wants to. So it's interesting. It's very teen mom. I think I think Leaker was... Teen mom. It's fun. It doesn't sound fun at all. I mean, okay, fun wasn't the right <laughs> adjective. There was a girl. I didn't know this. I think about this every now and then. She had her belly button pierced, and instead of just being like, I'll take this out, they make, like, pregnancy belly button rings mm-hmm. sometimes I think about that when I see pregnant people and I'm like could get that done probably not get it done but if you had had it done <laughs> there'd be a ring for that that's, that's all nice sorry yeah fun was not the right adjective but like I enjoy watching it from time to time okay. yeah. it's chaotic I bet yeah. I think Bleeker was kind of put in an unwinnable situation where like if he tried to express interest which I think is what Juno wanted she was like no no and, mm-hmm. and again, shot herself in the foot there. But if he stepped back, then later she got her whole, like, you don't have to walk around with, like, the proof that we yeah. had sex on you. And you asked Katrina's soup girl to prom, and he's like, you don't have a right to be mad at me because you told me to do that, which is true. Yes. But, like, Juno's also like, God, you're missing all of my signals. And they're not great signals, but she's trying her best. She's putting them out there. Yeah. And it's just a really frustrating situation. And I think, I think Bleeko probably could have pressed involvement a little bit more to be there for Juno. Mm-hmm. I think if he had opened up and said, look, I want to be there and do things with you. If you don't want me there, that's fine. But like, let me know what I can be involved with. I think yeah. Juno would have... Appreciated. Yeah. Seems more of Juno's alley. Oh, it just seemed like a good representation of like actual people and how the situation oh, no, would for be sure. handled. Yeah. That's one of the things I always enjoy. Not that you can't just have ridiculous things, but I like that it seemed like a genuine... Mm-hmm this is how this would go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does a pretty good job of... There are times when Juno is more mature for her age and times when she's, like, very much 16. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think you're right. The relationship with Bleeker is one of those times that, like, she's very much 16 yep. and, like, it's hard for her to know <laughs> what it is she wants and how to get it or, like how to live in the world <laughs> as a 16-year-old person. Yeah. Which is alarming, though, because I identify a lot with Juno, and I'm older than 16. I should get my life together. Yeah. But yeah, I like that, nice. too. Is that even at my age? I can be like, yeah, life sucks. Yeah. I think Juno, for me, was the first movie I saw where a character, like, where... A character was presented as cool and unique and quippy, like Juno. Like, Juno mm-hmm. is not an average person. She's very sure. much mm-hmm. a character. Yes. But I felt like she understood me. That sounds super, super emo and teenager, but I was 16 when I saw it. So, so like, okay. Juno felt like a really good teenager mirror. I think how you wanted a mark in your life, I didn't necessarily want, like, a Juno, but she seemed to me, like, cool 
And even though she had this complication, I guess, of pregnancy, whatever you want to call that, I think it seemed like, I don't know, she she seemed cool and nice. And, like, she had a head on things, even though, obviously, she still was messing things up. I don't know. I just like She was doing Juno. Things, yeah, she know? was doing yeah. stuff. And I don't know I liked Juno. Because, again, you could argue that her signals to Bleaker were not good, but at least she was putting them out there. Mm-hmm. And I don't know I liked Juno a lot. And you had said that the movie was really hipster, which yes. it is. It has the hipster stuff uh-huh. in it. And it was also the first one that I saw that was blatantly, like, not counterculture, because it's not really a counterculture they're presenting, yeah. but, like... Well, kind of. I mean, yeah. someone who was into... Because my friends weren't really. So it was the first mainstream representation I'd seen of a non-mainstream character, mm-hmm. I think, if that makes any sense. Like, Juno oh, yeah, was definitely. cool, because she was different and edgy, and she said what she was thinking, and she was really extroverted, and just like sassy and I was like wow that's who I want to be and, and I don't necessarily think that now as cool as Juno I'm cooler no I'm so much cooler no. than Juno maybe not cooler no but never will be the movie embodies that kind of otherness like like how YA novels the girl is always different than the other girls cuz she wears converse and shops at thrift stores it was kind of like a better version of that it felt like a non-demeaning version of that in the sure. movie. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. It's like that, but she's also a much more like real and vibrant Yeah, because she wasn't just a love interest yeah. girl. She who isn't was... just defined by her quirkiness. Yeah, she's, she just happens to be quirky, but she's got yeah. depth to her and other qualities. Because yeah. there are, it does happen often, I think, that like, especially the female characters, mm-hmm. they get defined by the fact that they do have something quirky about them yeah. but that winds up being their whole personality and there's definitely like so much more to Juno than just the music she listens definitely. to or like the and I clothes think she wears the fact that she has some negative traits really helps with that too like she keeps throwing up the slushy in the earth which is <laughs> like a mean thing to do and like she can be kind of crass sometimes and willfully misunderstands things because she wants to keep doing them. Like when like when Brenda tells her what's wrong with going to Marks and she's like, No, it's fine, I'm gonna keep doing it because I like it. Yeah. Like I, I think giving her those negative traits to balance it out makes her less of an ideation mm-hmm. and also more of an ideation at the same time because like again, people admired Juno for the way that she was and wanted to be as true as Juno was in the movie but mm-hmm. it's less of like a stereotype being forced that they want you to be necessarily yeah. like that kind of character typically is especially for women yeah that makes sense I think there was somebody was talking about it might have been Ellen Page but how what really drew her to the character is like just she's so unique and there hasn't really been much of a there hasn't been a young woman character quite the same as yeah, Juno before I would agree with that she had she had referenced she'd made a reference I think it was like to Holden Caulfield which is not a great reference point but like when Catcher in the Rye came out yeah. there hadn't really been right. that sort of depiction before and right. now there's a lot of them right but I could sort of I, could I sort can of sort of see it understand where she was coming from because like I can see that because part of it is that like women deserve to be less than ideal, you know, like Holden mm-hmm. sucks. Yeah. Everyone agrees that Holden sucks. So women deserve to be able to be problematic mm-hmm. in movies. And I think it's not that you know necessarily problematic, though. there's something like evil about her or like sure. mm-hmm. or like creepy or weird. The closest we get is the Mark relationship, but yeah. again she's sixteen and we agreed that she doesn't know what she wants. So I guess it's more like they were willing to experiment with a female character. 
Mm-hmm. I can I can see I can see the Holden Caulfield thing. Yeah. Yeah, because Holden Caulfield kind of has a commentary going. I mean, he definitely has one. Yeah. He calls everyone phony all the time, right. and it gets mm-hmm. really old. And no one likes his commentary, but he has one. Right. And Juno sort of has that, especially in the beginning when she has a literal like voiceover commentary, right. like mm-hmm. my mom wants to be a cactus. This is Brenda. She likes dogs. You you can tell what she yeah. thinks of everyone, and you can tell her judgment of things mm-hmm. by that. So I can yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and that there hadn't really been... And, like, again, I don't keep up with pop culture, but I could see this as being... Like, I haven't seen a character like Juno mm-hmm. before in, in the movies, so... Oh, though there is... The movie does still... She does still have her quirkinesses, though. Mm-hmm. Like, like the hamburger phone. Oh, yeah. Like her pipe and the way everybody talks and, like, says wizard. God, I love the word wizard. <laughs> Wizard, and that's she's fine, more though. than her quirkiness, but her quirks also definitely contribute to yeah. who she is. I and mean, her weird like Karakin from yeah. the sea. I think I was worried the first time I was watching it when she does have like the hamburger phone and stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh god, this is gonna be she's she's gonna be like one of those characters. Right, no, look look like, at how wacky and fun like, this character yeah. is. Well, I think yeah. that's also probably why I liked her at like thirteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because at thirteen you want to be annoying and obnoxious, and you want to be like, hold on, I'm on my hamburger phone when it is not relevant in any way and to have like the way that she talks to the clerk when she's buying the pregnancy test Mm -hmm. and saying things like that little pink cross is just so unholy like Mm -hmm. i just thought the way she spoke in general was super interesting and it sounded like fun and different yeah but still like somewhat like intelligent and quirky i don't know i think that's part of the reason that i liked her so much Part of the reason many people liked her so much. Yeah. I don't like want to Juno. speak for everyone. <laughs> I'm doing it for you. Okay, way to make sweeping generalizations. Well, so now that I've seen Juno, what should we watch next? I do have the movie list again. I thought of this last week after Hallie, you mentioned about the parent how. No. Oh yeah. I thought of no. <laughs> I thought of how you said that we keep showing him movies with garbage men. Yes, like it's happened by accident. Like, you know, what movie is good and the man is not garbage? Wonder Woman. But I'm also just in a Wonder Woman mood. We do not have to watch it, but I was like, no, Steve Trevor is a good noodle. Steve Trevor is a good noodle. And that way, at least one of the main men in the movie is not the worst but we do not have to watch wonder woman i do have it on the list Mm -hmm. i know it's on the list Mm. oh my god we could watch twilight that was the first one that i saw too (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if it's a good one to jump to though the other one's just funny just because then you're talking about weird girls did you see that thing i retweeted where it's like Lilo and from Lilo and Stitch was like peak weird That's girl. True. Like all the other weird girls are just like quirky and it ends up being cute. But Lilo was it. Lilo she was fed yeah. a fish, a peanut butter sandwich every day because it controlled the weather. It's like true. She has I like love a Lilo. Lilo. <laughs> yeah. She puts it in a pickle jar and he's like, my friend has disobeyed me today. <laughs> a very good movie. Lilo was peak weird girl. <sighs> good for Lilo. Okay, great. So for next week, we will be watching Lilo and Stitch, which I keep 
trying to call Lilo and Stitch. God, you're wrong. But that's not her name. That's not her it name. It is not. It's Lilo. It's Lilo. Tune in next time to see if I get it right. Thanks for coming over, everybody. Thanks for having us. Bye. Bye. Bye.